0: Hello and welcome back. I'm so glad to have you with me. Today I'm going to tell you something. It's quite of a revelation, especially to the Hindu. The title of this talk today is um, Money is not evil for the Hindu. Now, we may have heard the saying money is the root of all evil and that only bad people have money or they must have done something crooked. Rich people have done something crooked or something bad in order to get money or to become rich and that all rich people are bad. In other words, to be good or to be spiritual, you must actually be poor. But that is not true. And um, I think um, um, the teachings of the West, which actually persist with the saying is uh, money is the root of all evil, is quite rampant in the West. Perhaps by their culture or religion they were taught that. But that is not true for the Hindu. So all Hindus have to know this. Whatever we're learning on the internet and whatever is generally translated into English that we understand, and then we think that is general philosophy for every race and religion out there, is not true. For the Hindu, wealth accumulation is permitted and is a must as per our religion. This comes under the Purusharthas, which includes our Dharma, Artha, Karma, Kama and Moksha, as it is explained in my latest book. This book came about to explain to Hindus, especially, that it is your birthright to be rich, and that you must be wealthy, must, because if you if you do not become wealthy, you're actually incurring, committing a sin. How would you commit a sin? Because it's a breach to our uh, to our dharma. Dharma means it's like um, dharma means the cosmic order. So a cosmic order, we are supposed to follow certain rules. We are supposed to be kind to people, we are supposed to conduct righteous duties, we are supposed to be helpful and selfless to others, and we are supposed to care for everything that exists and doesn't. Now, this is what maintains the Dharma. Our care for each other, our love for each other is actually the essence of Dharma. When we start caring for each other, when we start caring for animals, trees, planet, and everything, that's when we're executing our dharma, and we're doing our righteous duties. Now, to to go against dharma is to commit a sin. So, as stated in this book, dharma, artha, kama, moksha. These are the four um, the four purposes of men, and men have to experience all these four purposes. And if you do not, then you are breaching dharma. So. If you do not become wealthy, as is stated here, Artha means wealth, security and money. So if a Hindu does not go for Artha and looks after himself well, his family, his community, his society, his charitable uh, organizations, a lot of us go to ashrams and we donate there, a lot of us go to temples and we donate there. So all of these places are actually relying on our donation. So if nobody earns, then we can't even support these people. So as explained in this book, um, there are also the four stages of men. And uh, it starts off with the Brahmacharya, which is the student phase. And then it goes to the grihasta. The grihasta phase is the householder. Now this is the only um, most dynamic stage of life which is given to the householder. And that's why if you're spiritual, but yet you have a household to run, therefore you must, by divine law, accumulate wealth because by dharma you have to maintain your household wealth. And you have to pass down this household to the next generation and the next generation. So every step of the way, maintaining our, our household requires wealth, requires money. And in order to do that, we need to pursue money. So, The stages after that is retirement, which is Varnapasti, which is the stage of retirement. This is the stage where you will hand down your assets, you will hand down your company to your children and with your free time, what you will do is, you will teach the younger generation all the things that you have learned in life, all the wisdom you've acquired. You might want to hand them down to the next generation. So that is the retirement phase where you will spend some time with them handing down your knowledge as you do your wealth and your assets. You're doing this because you're preparing for the next stage in life, which is the sannyasi stage. Now this is the stage where you actually start to take up the life of a saint. Now the saint has to uh, live a life... That is separate from worldliness. He's got to work, walk away from all the material stuff and all the world, and go into a spiritual world. And he should not be attracted to the worldliness. Now, this is what happens in our normal life as well. After you reach a certain stage, with after retirement and somewhere around seventy-five onwards, you should start preparing because each each stage in life lasts of twenty-five years. So, a man has a lifespan of one hundred years. So, the brahmacharya, which is your student phase, you are doing that for twenty-five years. And then your household life, you're doing that for 25 years. Your retirement life, you're doing for 25 years. And your Sanyasi life or your spiritual life, you're doing for 25 years. Now the last part, where you start to live a life of a saint, is uh, for you to walk away from all your attachments in life, all your bondages that you created to your assets and to the people around you. And that's what you did at the retirement stage because you gave them all away because you know you no longer need that because the spiritual knowledge will tell you that all these things did not make up your identity so these are the four stages that we go through and the final stage of moksha which you will learn about self-realization and liberation and what liberates a soul actually is from being desireless and walking away from all this material stuff that you thought made up your identity now you'll discover your real identity which is some, something that's not material at all and this makes it easier for you to walk away from all your attachments and your materialism and therefore leaving after you reach that stage, leaving the world becomes easier as well and less stressful as we We grow older because we would have known what our purpose was and the thing is that most of us have lived our lives without knowing these four stages and without knowing our four purposes also so that's why this book came about to explain to a Hindu especially that If you heard all the sayings that wealth is not for you and that uh, wealth is a a root of all evil and all of that, that may be true for other cultures, but for the Hindu, it is not. For the Hindu, we have goddess Lakshmi, the goddess of wealth. Why do we have a goddess of wealth if you're not supposed to have wealth? Ask yourself, we have 33 million plus one godhead and they are all dressed and clad in gold all the time. And precious gems. Every single Hindu god that you see is in the utmost of luxury and wealth. And if we are their children, why should we not deserve any? They're there only to give us things. Like at the back of this book, it states here: the gods will surely bestow on you all your unasked desire enjoyments. This is from Bhagavad Gita, chapter three, point twelve. It continues to say, but those who do not share it with others is a thief. So it comes back to the basic understanding in one of my previous videos that I've also explained why you should be selfless and why you should be spiritual first before you pursue spiritual wealth. Because if you come in with a material mind, if you come in with a selfish mind, you cannot. God will not give you, because He wants us to be useful citizens to His other citizens. We are all His children. So you'll give it to the ones who are worthwhile, the ones who have probably suffered in life and have learned something and have decided to do something for others. You guys are the ones that are chosen. For you, wealth is a low-hanging fruit. It's a very, very low-hanging fruit because you have sacrificed yourself. You've been selfless. You've been helping people. But you always wonder, how am I still broke being so good? That's because we did not know this. So this book is born, it's literally born, it's not written, it's not created. It came to be, suddenly, to explain to a lot of good spiritual people that you are entitled to wealth. You are entitled to infinite wealth because through your goodness, through your good sharing part, is where the treasure trove is exactly at. And because you have been there, you will know how to access it. You've also been in touch with God, so you made the connection back to God. And you need these two, you need yourself, you need the realization that you are a, a, a super spirit that's just here to serve others. And you have connected yourself with God. Now all you got to do is ask, what do you want? And you will get them. Because God wants people like you. They want you because you serve others. And when you serve others, you're serving your dharma and that is God's plan. So through us, God works out his plan somehow. So this video, I thought I should put it up straight away to especially tell the Hindu that wealth is for you. If you read this book, and even if you go on the internet and look up Purusharthas, you will find out that it's a sin not to become wealthy for a Hindu. And it's a sin because as you will read also in the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna did not want to fight the Kurukshetra battle. And Lord Krishna said, you must fight your battle because you're a warrior. So if a warrior does not fight, he commits sin. So even if he wants to not fight for any other reason that is killing his family members and he's in sorrow and grief and all of that, just for the sake of his dharma, Arjuna needed to get off his knees and fight the righteous battle. And he had to do that. It was a righteous battle because if the Kaurava cousins who were the corrupt type, were not defeated at that time by somebody who was righteous like arjuna then the Kauravas would have ruled the world today and you and i would be like them so sometimes we got to do things for others to preserve this dharma to preserve this righteousness for the sake of others our children and their children and their children all could be part of this future that we could do something like today to serve them better in the future. Once again, thank you so much for spending your time with me, and I look forward to seeing you. If you'd like to find out more about me, please visit my website, joinandy.com. Leave a comment on this video if you like, and I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you very much. And God bless.